0: Thank you, Pete. Uh, it really is great to be here. <laughs> I uh, can't overemphasize that it's just lovely to be here and uh, it doesn't matter where you are on your spiritual journey right now and i've I've shared where we are it doesn't matter where you are. This particular topic is for you, and if you're not feeling great, if you're feeling sort of a, in the valley, then you might think, well, no." Can't be bothered with that. It's really important. It's for all of us. Um, well, I'll, I'll go straight for the title. Everybody's got it there. Generosity puts a smile on your face. Um, not long ago, I was speaking here on being thankful, uh, attitude of gratitude. It wasn't the last sermon, it was the one before. And... Uh, I was sharing with a good friend of mine He visited, Andrew Wallerton, many of you will know him, and uh, I was sharing about my mum, how she epitomises a grateful heart, and how that is her to a T, and I said, she's such a happy person, and he said something, something like this, he said, there are two qualities that make for a happy life, gratitude and Generosity. Gratitude and generosity. And uh, I've pondered those thoughts. And let me ask you a question Have you ever seen an ungrateful, stingy person who is happy? Can you think of one? Have you seen some of them that are a bit miserable? A bit around. Think of somebody you know is happy. Just a happy person. Do they tend to be not Yeah, not him. Yeah, he epitomizes the opposite, isn't it? It's Christmas, isn't it? A Christmas carol. And so Scrooge is, is somebody that will possibly be on your TV screen this Christmas. Now he epitomizes that misery guts, doesn't he? that ungrateful, stingy, ungenerous person. But what did generosity do to Scrooge? They put a smile on his face. He put a smile on his face. See, when we give generosity, it puts, when we are generous, it puts a smile on our face. And when we receive generosity, it puts a smile on our face. There's something very special about this quality, generosity. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That word blessed could be translated happy. Could be happy is the man. Or happy is the woman. Or happy is the boy. Happy is the girl that gives to others. Because generosity puts a smile on your face. So generosity is good for us. You got that? <laughs> generosity is good for us. Paul was nearing the end of his life and he knew it. He was, he was going to Rome, he knew he was going to be executed and on his way he calls in at the church at Ephesus and he spends some time with the leaders at Ephesus. And I'm going to read the very last words. It's Acts 20, uh, that, the account of that last meeting with these people. So Acts 20 verses 18 onwards. And we, we, you know, when, when somebody's meeting for the last time and they know it's the last time, then we really should take a bit of notice of what they, sh- what they say, shouldn't we? I am going to read it from the message version. And so this is, he's already said some stuff. He's getting near the end of what he wants to say. He says, now I'm turning you over to God, our marvellous God whose gracious words can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. I never, as you well know, had any taste for wealth or fashion. With these bare hands, I took care of my own basic needs and those who worked with me. In everything I've done, I've demonstrated to you how necessary it is to work on behalf of the weak and not exploit them. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our Master said, You're far happier giving than getting. Then Paul went down on his knees, all of them kneeling with him and prayed, and then a river of tears, much clinging to Paul, not wanting to let him go. They knew they would never see him again. The very last scripture that Paul gives them is the one I said earlier, it's better to give than receive, but in the message it says it's far happier (coughs) giving than getting. So he's saying, I'm going to leave you with the words of Jesus. Before I go, I'm going to leave you with the words of Jesus. And basically, Jesus is saying, live a life of generosity. Generosity puts a smile on your face. So I just want to step back and say, why is it we struggle with this sometimes? I don't know about you, but I don't always just want to give stuff away. Um... Uh, You you might all be different from me, but but this can be a hard subject, can't it? Let's be honest. Well, if you were to to have a look in any parent-toddler group around the world, you'd get a a little bit of a glimpse of what we're talking about, wouldn't you? Have you ever heard a parent saying, stop sharing? You know, stop being so generous with your stuff. Have you ever heard that in a in a toddler group? Have you ever heard that in a home? Children just naturally hold on to stuff. And children naturally want what the other person's got. Even if they weren't bothered about it three seconds ago, now you're playing with it. I want it. You know, there's something within this fallen world, this fallen nature that that holds on rather than lets go. It's almost like we came out of the womb with clenched fists like this. You know, ah, I'm going to hold on. <laughs> rather than coming out of the womb with open hands saying, you know, I want to give it all away. I want to I bless you. It's, it's something within the fallen nature that holds on. That doesn't mean to say that unless we're Christians, we're incapable of generosity, because after all, we were originally created in the image of God. <laughs> So it's not just that we're totally screwed up, but our generosity can be impure, it can be generosity with a hook in it, it can be all about manipulation, it can be all about what I want to get back. So at first glance, what might appear to be extreme generosity, we might ask a question, is it really? And uh, So I've got three birthday gifts that I want to show you. And uh, I want you to ask the question, are these generous gifts? I'm not going to give you an answer to that. I just want to ask the question. Are these generous gifts? So, thank you.
1: The most expensive birthday presents ever. Jet, 60 million dollars. Nita Ambani is married to one of the richest men in the world, Mukesh Ambani. For her 44th birthday, her husband gifted her with a $60 million jet. The plane has a music room, a bar room, bathrooms, a board room, just to name a few of the amazing features on the plane. Burton Taylor Diamond, $1.1 million While Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor were married, Burton bought Taylor a 69-carat pear-shaped diamond for her 40th birthday. The value of the diamond was $1.1 million over 40 years ago. Today, it is worth over $5 million. Maybach, $360,000. Justin Dior Combs is the son of the famous rapper P. Diddy, and he made it out like a bandit for his 16th birthday. The rapper gave his son a Maybach, which is a car valued at $360,000. And that doesn't include the cost of the party. Hmm. <laughs> that made
0: you smile. It did. Yeah, I'm just waiting for you to think through. Is that really generous or not? A plane? A huge diamond? An expensive car? See, if that's the definition of generosity, then I'm stuffed. <laughs> And you are too, probably. (laughs) Unless you've got a secret bank account in Switzerland somewhere. See, generosity has nothing to do with the amount of money that we have in our bank account. Jesus nailed it one day. He absolutely nailed it. He was in the temple. And Luke 21 is the account of that. And I just want to read it to you, what happened where Jesus nailed what generosity looks like. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow putting two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Jesus said, This widow is the most generous person in the house. She is living generosity to the max. Didn't have a big bank account, but she was the most generous. And you could argue that... It, which is harder? You know, if you've got a million pounds in your bank account, or you've got one pound in your bank account, which is harder to give away? I'm not going to give you the answer. It's up for you to make the decision. But if you... If you it, it could vary, couldn't it? If you have the one with a million pounds... And you had to give it all away. If you're the one with a pound, you had to give it all away. It could depend on your circumstances, but still, it's a challenging thing to do. But to the best of my knowledge, and somebody might be able to correct me, there's only ever one occasion in the Bible where Jesus says, give it all away. I can only think of one occasion where Jesus says, give everything, give all your money away. In fact... I believe that the norm is that God wants us to enjoy good stuff. And so when we talk about generosity, generosity doesn't mean we give everything away. Because God has, he wants us to enjoy good things. And In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 13 it says this. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. The ability to produce wealth is a gift from God. So there's nothing bad or evil about producing wealth. In fact, it's a good thing. Because God said, I've given you the ability to do it. And that is to be enjoyed. But I want to give an analogy of two different things. And I want to say that we need to be a river, not a pond. We need to be a river and not a pond. You see, greed is like a stagnant, smelly pond, and people want to avoid stagnant, smelly ponds because they stink. And when you see an arrogant misery person, they're not pleasant at all. I don't know if you remember Harry Enfield, he used to have these characters, and one of them used to say, Considerably richer than (laughs) you." Considerably richer than you. Well, if you've forgotten, if you've never seen it, there's just a small little clip of this smelly pond. (laughs) I've become considerably richer than you through honey-starred work. You get what you pay for, and you earn what you're worth. Oh, that's one of Stanley's little sayings, that is. Do you know, my Stanley probably makes more money in a year than you doing ten? What do you think of that, Bill Scott? Gosh. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't every financial decision you make a struggle? <laughs> Not for us, it isn't. Ah, yes. Money's done me proud. I mean, just look at me wife. Oh. <laughs> I mean, nothing dowdy about my pummy, is there? No offence, pet. (laughs) My pummy's as pretty as a picture. Oh, Stanley. It's true. Do you know, she's as beautiful as the day I married her. And I'll tell you for why. Every time a bit of her starts to drop, we whip her into surgery for an uplift. Stanley's right. Oh, yes, the surgeon's knife's had the lot of her. Face, stomach... Thighs, boom. <laughs> and so he goes on. <laughs> Arrogance and greed, looking down on people, is a smelly pond. It stinks. But generosity is a life giving river but that puts a smile. On your face. What a contrast. On, on Monday, I was speaking to one of the pastors in Dunganen, uh one of the free Methodist churches there in Northern Ireland. And she, Sheila was telling me that they'd taken up a special collection. It's only a small church, and they'd taken up a special collection for Chance and Didi Galloway, who are missionaries in Bulgaria. And she said, to her surprise, they gave 400 pounds. Because the church wasn't noted for great generosity. and So she was really thrilled about that. And she said the leaders had made a decision before the gift day that the church would match it. So the congregation didn't know that. But their 400 became 800. Now what none of them knew was, there was a guy in the States who'd said, whatever comes in this week, I'll double it. So the 400 becomes 800, becomes 1600. You get the picture? The river of generosity, it flows as you pour in and pour in and pour in. It's not just a pond, it's a river. And uh, it's not just about money. And and this is something I really want to stress really, really strongly this morning. Generosity, yes, money uh, is is one part of it. But money is not the main thing. And uh, in 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to 11, Peter says this, above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking in the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised. See, every gift that you've got and I've got, whether it be natural or supernatural, is from God. We've got gifts, now we can hoard them or we can be generous with them hospitality is anything from offering a cup of water to someone who is thirsty to adopting a child and anything in between You know, hospitality doesn't have to be huge now if you adopt a child that's huge and we've seen Nick do that here in this church but for somebody who's really thirsty a cup of cold water is worth a lot so hospitality doesn't have to be huge and there are levels of hospitality you can only work within what you've got (laughs) and for Becky and I um, the level of hospitality that we have now is lower than it was when we were here because when we were here we had a big attic room and so we were able to be very hospitable and you might recognise a couple of faces that are going to come up on the screen not that one, not that one Not. yes that one do you remember this guy? Yeah? Leonard? And then the other guy? Tyler? Oh, <laughs> You know, we had the privilege of pouring into that river of generosity by giving them accommodation. But then they poured into the river here, didn't they? They generously gave of themselves to you, to this church... And I'm sure that something of what they've done, you've poured out as well. And so we get this river of generosity that flows. Generosity is simply giving away something of what we have, or something of who we are. But the the river of generosity does not start with me or you. And there's an amazing verse in James, that's going to come up on the screen, which shows us the origin of generosity. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's an amazing verse that, isn't it? The character of God is to consistently, unchangingly, give good gifts. If you want to know what generosity is all about, look at God. Because he is the author of generosity. He sets the example. His generosity is higher and deeper and wider than any other person that there is. It's like a relentless river that just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. God gives of himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Give and give and give and give and give give again. Providing this relentless river. For God so loved the world. Father so loved you. Put your name in there. Father God so loved Ollie. <laughs> Put anybody's name in there. Sorry Ollie, he's shrinking down the seat now. <laughs> Father God loved each and every one of us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave that whoever believes in him should not perish could have eternal life. We all know that verse. But it is staggering. (laughs) The level of generosity in that verse is mind-boggling. That the Father gave the best to step down into darkness. And then you look at the Son. So there's nothing stingy about the Father. But in the last song that we sung, this verse was alluded to. Our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. The son's generosity is absolutely mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. The opposite of grabbing hold, Philippians 2 tells us that he didn't grasp hold of what was rightfully his But he let go. And he let go that we might take hold of this wonderful gift that we'll talk about in a minute or two. So Father is generous. Just pours it out. The Son is generous. Just pours it out. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father when I've got back to heaven, and I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit that he will be in you. In you. Now that's giving yourself away, isn't it? The Holy Spirit has given himself away and he is within every believer on the planet. He's been within every believer from Pentecost to now. He's been within the believers when they've loved him. And when they've grieved him. When they've obeyed him. And when they've disobeyed him. That is amazing generosity, isn't it? That is amazing generosity. You know, I can only speak for me. But I've given the Holy Spirit a hard time sometimes. But he's not left me. That generous, loving commitment of the Holy Spirit is absolutely mind-boggling. God has given himself to us, God has given himself for us. It doesn't get more generous than that, does it? What more could he do? And, and God has put within each one of us that divine DNA. We have been adopted. We have been We're partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that an amazing gift? The gift of his DNA. The gift of adoption. We are much loved children. The gift of forgiveness. Our sins have been washed away and our hearts are whiter than snow. That is an amazing gift. An amazing gift. God has given us a gift of righteousness. To be in right standing before God. We can boldly approach his throne. Without fear. Wearing a robe of righteousness. What a gift. God has given us a gift of justification. I don't have to justify myself. Jesus has justified me. You don't have to justify yourself. There's a lot of justifying goes on in our world today. A lot of justifying. We don't have to do any of it because Jesus has said, I wipe the slate clean. It's just as if you'd never sinned. He has given us the gift of justification. God's generosity puts a smile on our face. (laughs) When we really get hold of this stuff, it puts a smile on our face because that's what generosity does, and it brings a song to our hearts. So many songs that I could have picked, but my mind went to Charles Wesley's hymn that he wrote in the 18th century No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness. I, bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown, through Christ, I am. Generosity doesn't stop on earth, it continues in heaven. We're going to get some crowns dished out, well, God's going to dish them out, and we're all going to have a crown. There's more. This God who's so hospitable is saying, come to my place. (laughs) I'm going to make a special place for you at my place. My father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, i go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come and I'll take you to be with me. What Generosity! Nobody else has ever done that for us, have they? Unless you've got a very rich parent who's done it for you. But most people haven't had a place provided for them, and certainly not one in heaven. No wonder Paul said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Christmas, we remember the indescribable gift gift. It's a celebration of God's generosity. So if we embrace this gift of Jesus Christ, it will put a smile on our face. (laughs) And it will also help to release our wallet a bit and ourselves, who we are, what God has put within us. And my challenge in closing is this. Be godly this Christmas.